Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Through the miracle of internet radio, the Never Say Impossible show offers a unique opportunity for the sharing of information and a unique opportunity to tell the world your story about your accomplishments, your passions, your products, and how you can be contacted. The show is designed to introduce you to new people who will inspire, motivate, and inform you of innovative ways to breathe new life into your goals and dreams. At NSI, anything is possible until you say it's not. Welcome to Never Say Impossible Radio. I'm Myra, your host. Our topic today is the art of great communication. Do you feel totally comfortable when you are in front of a group of people and are speaking with authority? Most people experience some degree of discomfort and others are downright terrified. That's a very normal experience for most people who are not used to speaking publicly. Suddenly you hear your own voice. When you think about it, speaking is one of the more important aspects of connecting with other people. Whether you are speaking to a customer service representative, a coworker, a supervisor, in school, or possibly even a new employer, or standing before a crowd of 500 people. You need to be able to present your thoughts in a clear and effective manner. I think you'll be happy to know that there is a lot you can do to improve your skills as a speaker and also have fun doing it. I am talking about joining a Toastmasters Club and making new and interesting friends. Today we're going to be speaking to Anthony J. Longley, a district governor, District 47 in Toastmasters. And I'd like to tell you just a little bit about Tony before he shares his story and clues you in about how to become a Toastmaster. Anthony Jerome Longley, a.k.a. Tony the Tiger, I love that, is a native of the Bahamas and resides in the capital island of Nassau, a 31-year veteran of the insurance industry. Longley is a specialist in life and health insurance and employee benefits, practicing with Colina Insurance, LTD, as an executive financial service representative. He is a life member of the 
prestigious million-dollar roundtable, MDRT, an international organization headquartered in Park Ridge, Illinois, which recognizes the top 3% of industry sales achievers globally. He is a certified sales trainer. Longley joined Toastmasters 27 years ago because he was directed to do so by his sales director. He had a difficult start and thought many times about quitting, but he endured, and today he serves, as I told you, as District 47 governor. Responsibility is for nearly 200 clubs in Southeast Florida and the Keys, all the way to the Bahamas. Wow, I'm so delighted to have you with us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Myra. Good afternoon to you and hello to all of our listeners around the globe. It's a pleasure to be here. Tony, you have an interesting background. Something about what you said about being instructed to join Toastmasters by a supervisor at the time brought you to the point of investigating and joining. Tell us about that story. Yes, Myra. That was back in 1987. I just moved from one insurance company to another, and uh, the sales director, after monitoring me for a few months, he realized that I I had some deficiencies. And uh, he said to me, if you want to excel in sales and you want to get to the next level, you need to improve your communication skills. He, at that time, was a what we would refer to as a senior Toastmaster, having matriculated through the program to higher levels himself. He welcomed me or invited me to his club meeting. At that time, Myra, I had a great difficulty articulating my thoughts and viewpoints. And uh, throughout my high school years, I was plagued with that difficulty because of the fact that I am a stutterer. Notice I did not say I used to be a stutterer because, you know, that never really leaves you. You can only learn how to manage it and channel it in the right direction. And he invited me to Toastmasters. That was 87, and now here it is, some 20, almost 30 years later, and I'm still in the program. Well, you certainly sound eloquent, and you have mastered the art of communication to the highest degree. And that's very interesting what you said, because it immediately brought back the King's Speech movie that I saw. And it made me realize that with the right training and the right attitude, almost anything can be overcome. So what was it like transitioning from being a stutterer, which of course creates tremendous self-doubt and insecurity, any kind of affliction does. You begin to be very self-conscious. What was it like when you first joined that club? What were your thoughts? What were your, did you have a, 
a sense of panic. Let me get the heck out of here. <laughs> what, what happened? Well, certainly uh, panic is an understatement. I was attending the club meeting as a guest. Uh, most members begin by attending a club as a guest. And uh, many clubs actually have a prerequisite that you attend at least three consecutive meetings as a guest before you can join. Many of the community clubs, that is, have that as a prerequisite. And I'll talk more about community clubs and what I mean by that a little later on. So I attended as a guest for perhaps about two or three months, afraid to make the plunge. And while attending one night, they were promoting an upcoming district conference that was being held in South Florida. And I signed up to attend the conference. I went to that conference as a guest. The exposure and the experience that I had at that conference sold me. And immediately upon my return home, I signed up to become a member of Toastmasters. And that was in April or May of 1987. And I've had unbroken membership ever since. But Mara, let me just quickly say a little something about the stuttering. Throughout my youth coming up in elementary school, high school, etc., I had tremendous difficulty speaking and I used to hide, try to, you know, dodge behind another student or sort so that the teacher doesn't call upon me. And what I discovered was that there were certain letters of the alphabet which if the word started with or began with that particular letter, I had the greatest difficulty with that word. And ironically, one of the letters that gave me the biggest trouble is the letter L. Now, recall what my surname begins with? Every time I had to say my surname or introduce myself to the class or something of that effect. I had tremendous difficulties. I had to develop a little technique of my own that helped me to get by that. It was a little trick I employed that went right by everybody's ears and they didn't realize that it was a, it was a trick and a play on words. And uh, so when I joined Toastmasters, I had to prepare for my first official speech before the club. We called it the icebreaker. And usually, Within about two to three weeks of becoming a member, you're on the platform giving your icebreaker. Well, Myra, not only did I take far longer than the three weeks to do my icebreaker, but the 10 projects in the beginner's manual, we refer to it commonly, or the competent communication manual, which is the first project booklet that a member works through. That those 10 projects usually take someone maybe between 10 months and maybe a year and a half, depending on the size of their club base. It took me three years to move <laughs> through that project manual. And here's why. Every time that I was assigned to be on the program to speak, I had a flu. I developed the flu bug every time I was assigned to speak. Mind you, it was not a real flu. It was an imaginary flu bug. And I missed every time I, I did not show up for my assignment. 
and it pushed me back three years. That is what that is the power of fear. Fear and the immune system and the mind, spirit connection, all of that. I was listening to your story and it reminded me of the first time I joined Toastmasters. I had come from a career where I was always speaking. I had done lecturing, training. I had done TV programs, selling on TV and so forth. And I thought, oh, this is a pushover. (laughs) So I thought. Uh, And, yeah, and it wasn't until I I had joined uh, the Florida Speakers Association and the woman sitting next to me, the very first time I attended, said to me, now this is my third career, she said to me, oh my goodness, I've been in Toastmasters for years, but I still need to do work. And I said, Toastmasters? And I didn't want to seem dumb. I had never heard of it. And I thought, what is she talking about? Is it, is it an appliance I put on the kitchen counter? So I went home and Googled it to see what it was because I was so baffled. And I was totally embarrassed to ask her and sound totally ignorant. What are you talking about? And when I went to the first meeting and I saw, which I want you to explain how it's run and the type of greetings that you get from people who welcome you and why you learn different skills there. And it's not just speaking. Even teachers that have spoken all their life in front of classrooms can gain by joining a Toastmasters club. So let's fast forward to the point when you were doing your icebreaker and you realized that there are certain rules such as the ah counter, <laughs> the, um, oh, I can't even think what, it, what it's called right now when you have to speak uh, off the cuff. Yeah. Explain that to the listener and how it helps them answer on the spot when they're yeah. confronted with a question that they're not haven't been rehearsed or thinking about. Absolutely. Lumara, when I joined Toastmasters, I heard it repeated often that public speaking was the second greatest fear in life, second only to, to to the fear of death, the fear of dying. But now in recent years I've heard that turned around where they're saying that public speaking is absolutely the greatest fear in life, man's greatest fear. And if that is true, it means that at a funeral, the person given the eulogy is in a worse off position than the person lying in the casket. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly how how it was for me. And uh, (laughs) the various roles that we have in the Toastmasters meeting helps you to manage that phobia because I don't know if it ever goes away entirely. After 27 years of public speaking and I'm a paid speaker and all of that, and yet still I go through a little bout of phobia when I get up to speak. And 
but we have different roles at a typical club meeting. You have the, the table topics master. That's the one you were trying to remember where you talked about impromptu speaking. Yeah. The, the table topics leader or table topics master is one who would come to the meeting prepared with a list of questions, lighthearted, easy to digest type of questions, and would pose those questions to members of the audience and in some instances even to guests alike. And they would respond to the questions in a time frame of two to three minutes. It's, it, it, practice, it helps you to practice the art of extemporaneous speaking, speaking off the cuff, on your feet, so to speak. This comes in very handy in many areas of life. For example, you go on a job interview well, you don't get to rehearse the, your answers to the questions that will be fielded to you in a job interview, do you? Right. Absolutely it's, not. Right. It's off the cuff. And so the table topic session trains you for situations like that. It also comes in handy, of course, when a cop pulls you over on the main street, you know, and you need to articulate <laughs> your position and you need to negotiate out of that ticket. <laughs> so you see it can be applied to many many aspects of life and then we have the R um counter in public speaking or even in communicating even one-on-one -on -one, we tend to use a lot of crutches R's and arms and you knows and all sorts of fillers that can distract from the quality of your presentation and so we have an R um counter who would monitor this and would give you a report at the end of the toward the end of the meeting on your the use of crutches. We also have a grammarian who would listen for infractions of the English language in terms of grammar and and punctuation, etc., and would give a report on that. And we have a timer because we are, in our speech projects and Toastmasters, we are given prescribed time limits within which to give the presentation. This is very important because imagine you go out to speak on an assignment. They told you that you have 20 minutes. And how often do we hear this happen? You, you're given 20 minutes, but you, you take the liberty of 35 minutes. That is totally disrespectful to the organization who invited you, you're disrespectful to your audience. And so it's important that you be mindful of that. So we practice that in Toastmasters. That's the role of the timer. Right? We also have the chairman of the meeting or the Toastmaster of the meeting, who is the person who would navigate the meeting through the various aspects of the program to ensure that it flows smoothly and in a timely manner. Typically, that's the setup. It's very interesting because one of the bigger issues as a speaker myself I see happen is the abuse of time. And that is something that can only be learned through practice. And it's another issue to learn to phrase what you're saying in a very precise way so that you don't need to rely on the filler words that you referred to. 
even if you listen to yourself on a tape recording repeatedly, you will hear those filler words, and they will become irritating to you, so irritating that they will sound louder than life when you resort to using them. So I recommend Toastmasters to everyone just to learn to communicate, even if they don't want to be a professional speaker or public speaker. They just want to be able to lead their friends and family in a conversation. Exactly. With, yeah, with, with confidence. That's correct. So it's, it's really wonderful. I'd like you to touch on the fact that Toastmasters offers the opportunity to make friends that are like-minded. That's correct, uh, Myra. And let me, to, 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 to hone in on that, let me give a bit of a backdrop about the organization as a whole. Toastmasters International was formed in 1924 in Santa Ana, California. It was founded by a man by the name of Dr. Ralph C. Smedley. Now, actually, he started holding Toastmasters-like meetings some years ahead of that, but it, it, it fell through the cracks, and he took a side step and came back at it a little later when the opportunity arose, cutting the story short, of course. And his idea and vision was to create an atmosphere or a forum where the young men of the day could come together and be trained in the art of public speaking and leadership development, develop their leadership skills. And it soon caught on and it spread very quickly, and within a few years, there were Toastmasters clubs around across the United States and eventually into Canada, and that's where it became Toastmasters International. Once there was a club formed in another country, Canada was the first outside of the United States. Today, we have some 15,000 Toastmasters clubs in 126 countries and a membership base of uh, 313,000. Now, the way we are set up, we have the members. In our org chart, it's somewhat inverted. The member is at the top because the entire focus of the organization is on you, the individual, developing you as a person. So the member is at the top. Members come together, of course, to form clubs. And a group of clubs, usually four to five, maybe six max, would come together, would be lumped together to form what we call an area. And then we'd lump four to five areas together to form what we call a division. Uh, several divisions are put together to form a region. And the regions collectively make up Toastmasters International. Uh, we have 14 regions throughout Toastmasters International, and we have 98 districts, in one, like I said, in 126 countries. District 47 is one of those 98 districts. And we are located, we, are, we, we cover two countries, 
southeast Florida, that is from north of West Palm Beach, up around Okeechobee area, and all the way south to the Keys, and the islands of the Bahamas. We have currently have Toastmasters clubs in about five islands in the Bahamas. So there you have District 47. And uh, we have just over 150 members now in District 47. And uh, we have in District 47 um, approximately about over 150 clubs in District 47 and around 7,000 plus members in our district. We used to be all of Florida at one point. We covered all of Florida and the Bahamas, and we were the largest district in the world for many years, and uh, we had to split. And we split into West Florida, North Florida, and South Florida with the Bahamas. And within three to four years, we became the largest district again, and we had to split one more time. That was about, I think, five years ago. So now we are rebuilding and growing like, I don't know if we want to become the largest district in the world again, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we are growing exponentially, right? And the base of clubs, they're split into two categories. We have what we refer to as community clubs, and we have corporate clubs. Community clubs are those clubs that typically operate, they're not attached to any corporate body, they meet somewhere in uh, some facility, maybe a restaurant or something, and they're open to any and everybody, most of them. The corporate clubs, for the most part, I would refer to as closed clubs. They are typically only for the employees of that organization. Mind you, there, could also, there can also be community clubs that are closed because they may have specifications on the groupings that can become members, as long as it's not discriminatory in any way. And, uh, for example, they may have a community club that is, is targeted at um, a particular profession, accountants. And so this club is for accountants. If you're not an accountant, you don't join that club. That's a, that's a, that would be considered um, a target group. And pretty much that's the way it works. Very interesting because as widespread and as worldwide you are, there's still a lot of people that don't know about it. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to take a very short break. And before I do, I want you to tell the audience what is the best way to contact Toastmasters or to contact you if they feel they're in your area and like what they're hearing and possibly want to be associated in some way with one of the clubs that you are district governor with. Very well. Very well. Look forward to sharing that information. Okay. Don't go away out there. We'll be right back. Are you feeling stuck in your everyday life? Maybe you're stuck and discontent or even worse, downright unhappy. Do you find yourself procrastinating about what to do to get yourself unstuck? Don't worry. I can help you, get you back in action, and help you find the happiness you deserve. Visit me at http 
semicolon forward slash forward slash Myra Goldick.com. That's M-Y-R-A-G-O-L-D-I-C-K. And check out my workbook, Focus, Unstuck, and Back in Action. You'll be glad you did. This is Never Say Impossible Radio, where we believe anything is possible until you say it's not. We happen to have the pleasure of speaking with Tony Longley, District Governor, part of Toastmasters International, and a shining example of what can be accomplished when you put your mind to it. Tony, tell everybody how, what's the best way to contact Toastmasters. Well, Myra, we have Toastmasters International has a website. That's www.toastmasters.org, O-R-G, and uh, they can contact us through that website because with that website, you are able to find a Toastmasters club in your area. You can bring up maps that show you where the clubs meet, as well as contact information for persons in the club. Our district also has a website, which is d47.toastmastersdistricts.org. That's http d47.toastmastersdistricts.org. And I'd like to say something, though, about the corporate clubs, Mara. The corporate clubs is something that we're really working on and really looking to, to, to grow that area of opportunity because we have found that across the world, major corporations are beginning to appreciate and respect the contribution that Toastmasters International and its programs can make to the development of their employees. There are tremendous benefits. When you were to compare the amount of financial resources that companies expend on an annual basis on training and human resource development, you compare that with the meager costs of having your members in the Toastmasters program, a mere less than $100 per year per employee. And you can clearly see the benefits far outweigh the investment. Tremendous dividends will be earned. What, what we find is employees, they build their confidence. They're able to better articulate their thoughts, their ideas, their visions. They become better team leaders because within the structure of the Toastmasters program, we learn how to lead teams. We learn how to plan and strategize you become more strategic thinkers. And uh, I mean, the list goes on in terms of the benefits. And so we have major corporations around the world, some of them very familiar to our listeners, such as American Express, Bank of America. Right in the Florida area, we have Broward College and other universities. We have the city of Miami Gardens and the city of Delray Beach and Office Depot, these kinds of companies here in the Bahamas. We have the Atlantis on Paradise Island. Everybody knows of the Atlantis Resort on Paradise Island. RBC, Royal Bank of Canada, and the Central Bank of the Bahamas, Scotia Bank of Canada. These are some of the 
companies, just a small list, a snippet that I called off, huge, well-known corporations who use the Toastmasters program in-house to help train and develop their employees. And so if there's any employer out there listening, and I'm sure there are thousands of, of them, tens of thousands listening, you can go into our website, toastmasters.org, www.toastmasters.org, and you can send a request for information on how to form a Toastmasters club in your organization. That's very well put, and I'd like to piggyback off of what you just said. I believe that there are many people that I would consider undereducated. They cannot speak. It's not their fault. I believe that they are a product of their environment. They're a product of text messaging. They can't write. They, I, I get emails from people who half write and half use abbreviations. And I find that's true when they speak also. How does Toastmasters reach into communities that are not aware of these special programs that can be offered to them to help improve their ability to communicate, period, on any level. Because as you mentioned, it can cost you a job. If you're sitting in an office with a potential employer and you don't know how to express yourself, you've lost the game. It's over because he's on to the next person. So how do, does Toastmasters reach that community? I remember just recently listening to people expressing themselves during the riots that happened just a couple of months ago and saying to myself, if these people were taught more skills on how to express themselves, they would be a lot more effective. What do you think Toastmasters can do to help that community of underprivileged people? Myra, that's a, an excellent question. And the truth of the matter is that Toastmasters is the answer perhaps to many of those problems. Uh, my personal experience proves that because I could have very well been a statistic like many of the young people coming up today. And uh, this program, as I look back, coming from where I've come from, you've heard the story of my inability to express myself effectively. And that was frustrating. And that could have caused me, and in some instances it did cause me, to act out in ways not so socially acceptable. And uh, being able to now improve and to articulate my thoughts and visions and viewpoints and ideas, when I look back at the successes that I've had, and there have been many in my career, I can correlate every one of those steps of the journey to my experience and my exposure 
on my lessons learned in the Toastmasters program. And so when we talk about the, what's happening in our communities, Toastmasters, we get into the community through several programs. For example, we have the Toastmasters International Youth Leadership Program. The Youth Leadership Program is an eight-week concentrated exercise giving the basic fundamentals of effective communication and leadership skills. We send our members into youth organizations, such as the Boys and Girls Scouts, community groups, church groups. I did one recently for a, the youth group at my, at my church. Uh, we go into high schools and elementary schools. Usually we target groups from about age 10 or 12 up to 17, because from 18 up you can join a Toastmasters club. And that eight-week exposure to leadership skills, basic leadership skills, and communication skills has changed lives. I recently met a young lady who was a part of a group that I did a youth leadership program with about four years ago. She attended a, it was at a high school where all of the children there were what we would have classified as rejects. They were expelled from other schools for behavioral problems and, and antisocial behavior, and no other schools wanted them. But this school takes them in and transforms their lives. I went in there and did a youth leadership program. When this young lady gave her icebreaker talk in the program, she spoke of being a gang leader. She spoke of carrying weapons, knives and guns. She spoke of harming other kids. And I met up with her the other day, coincidentally, and she recognized me and I didn't recognize her. And she told me where she is today. She thanked me for coming into her school and doing that program. She now has a, a steady job. She's continuing her education and she's counseling the young people in her church. I'm telling you, Myra, it brought me to tears. You just never know if you just touch one life, one life, you can change the world one life at a time. And so Toastmasters gives us the vehicle through which we can do that. That's just one aspect of it. That's a beautiful story. Beautiful story and one I totally support and want to see more kids reaching out to mentors and examples like yourself, like other leaders within Toastmasters clubs that can set an example for them that's not a rapper or the corner drug dealer. That's right. And, and, and just give them the hope that, yes, I can. I can be other than this loser. That's right. So it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful program. I'm, I'm more than supportive of Toastmasters. And I want to ask you something off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you when you were speaking? Uh, the most embarrassing thing, that one that comes right to mind, was a time when I had my notes on the lectern, and uh, suddenly someone turned on the fans, in the, the ceiling fans, and 
my papers went flying across the room. That was one of the times when I was not adequately prepared for the presentation, so I didn't know the material sufficiently well in my head, and I was going to be quite reliant on those notes that day. <laughs> I now had to gather the papers up. The problem is I did not use a particular technique that we ought to you always use, which is to number your pages. And so you could imagine the shuffle in trying to get the pages in the correct order. Okay, that, that was very embarrassing. Had I numbered the pages, I would have been able to put them in order very quickly, or I could have handed, I could have taken the first two pages and handed the others to someone else to put in order. But without the numbers, I had to personally put them in order. So that calls for me to take a little commercial break. <laughs> I can match you one. <laughs> that was very, that was very uh, embarrassing. Well, I, I, I can match you. <laughs> I was standing at the head of the room, and I was fearful of dry mouth, being nervous. And I'm sipping my water, and I knew that I was next up. So I popped a candy in my mouth planning to keep it in the side of my mouth between my cheek and my teeth. And i giving my speech, all is going well until the candy pops out of my mouth, flies across the room and, and, and lands in the middle of the room. Oh boy. I thought <laughs> that I could fall through the floor and disappear. Well, if, not, if nothing else, it was a sweet occasion. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had thought about that at the time. Well, you know. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think learning to laugh about those experiences is what makes it so much fun. And correct. we've all had all kinds of experiences. We've witnessed all kinds of experiences. Yes. And it's learning to overcome them. It's learning to ignore it and keep speaking because if you freeze or you act out in some way, then the audience is uncomfortable because the audience reacts to your demeanor. Exactly. The reality of it, Myra, is that oftentimes the audience do not know that we made a mistake. And this is why I have a great difficulty with persons when they're speaking and they make there's a hiccup and they say please excuse me pardon me i am sorry the audience usually did, doesn't even realize that you made a mistake so just continue on just pause regroup maybe move back to the beginning of that sentence and continue on and but if you draw if you say pardon me excuse me i beg your pardon Oops, I just made a mistake, I heard someone say one time. You've just drawn attention to your, to your mistake. You know? Now, Myra, I don't know how much more time we have. However, if time permits, I'd like to just plug in a little something about the leadership aspect of Toastmasters. We spoke, we spoke extensively about the communication aspect of it. And there's also the leadership side. Can I say a little something Please, on go that? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So you would have you heard that I said at the beginning that we are a communication and leadership organization. 
So not only do we learn to speak properly and 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 it may not be for public speaking purposes, it may be for one-on-one communication like with your spouse or children, as you alluded to, but the leadership aspect of it is very important. And one of the ways we learn that or develop those skills is by joining the club. And when you join the club, many of the Toastmasters clubs would have committees. They would have committees within the club and the members would be assigned to various committees to work along with a particular club officer. For example, you may be assigned to work with the, with the public relations officer on the public relations committee of the club. So you would assist the public relations officer in marketing and promoting the club. That helps you to develop some leadership skills because you may very well go on to become the next public relations officer of the club or some other role. And then there are the club officer roles. Each club has these positions. We have the sergeant at arms, whose duty it is to greet members at the door as they come in and see that they are properly seated and see that the, the members and guests, that is, see that the guests have a copy of the program. If they are if there are refreshments at the meeting, you'd see that the club, that the members and guests have their refreshments. This is what the sergeant arms would do. If there's going to be a club social outside of the club, like maybe a quarterly social or something, the sergeant arms would lead in the organizing of that. So the sergeant arms is the social, is the chairperson of the social and reception committee, we say. And then we have the club treasurer, whose duty it is to oversee the payment of the membership dues and ensuring that that those funds are well secured and accounted for and would work with the vice president of membership in ensuring that the Jews are transferred over to Toastmasters International. Then we have the secretary whose duty it is to record the minutes of the club meeting and if there's to be an executive committee meeting otherwise, you would record the minutes of that and to secure the assets of the club, the constitution and the club charter and things of that sort. Then we have the public relations officer, I already mentioned that. The vice president for membership, duty is to try to recruit new members for the club and try to retain the members that we now have. They would also walk the guests and interested persons through the process of becoming a member and seeing to it that their membership application is duly recorded at Toastmasters International. Then we have the Vice President of Education. Vice President of Education would lay out the educational program for the club meeting. Some clubs meet weekly, some meet every other week, some meet some other schedule throughout the month. And they would lay out the program and assign the members to fill various roles on the program. They would also think of the theme or the format that the meeting would carry on that particular meeting day or night. And then of course the president. The president is the chairman or the chairperson of the executive committee. And the the president actually is the pilot who navigates the club meeting as well as sets the whole leadership tone for the club throughout the year to lead the club to success. Toastmasters International has laid out a set of standards, call it the Distinguished Club Plan, 
And these standards are what the clubs try to subscribe to and to meet. These are a list of goals that the clubs must meet. There are 10 goals. And so the clubs, they strive or thrive toward trying to accomplish, accomplish these goals so that they can become what is known as a distinguished club or a select distinguished club is the next level up. And the highest honor is a president's distinguished club. So you see, it's all about achieving goals. It's all about rewards. Members themselves get rewards. When you are done with a particular project manual, the first one, you would earn your competent communicator certificate. It comes from Toastmasters International. And here this mirror, when that certificate has been earned, Toastmasters International would write a letter a well-crafted letter, send it directly to your boss or to your human resources manager, whomever you designate to receive this letter, and it will lay out this major achievement that you have just had. It goes on your file, and it makes a big statement. And same thing when you have finished the leadership projects. You get a competent leadership certificate and a letter goes to your employer. And as you matriculate through the program, it repeats itself as you move up. So your employers can see that you're doing something positive to enhance your growth, and it usually results in promotions and upward mobility on, in the workplace. Isn't that powerful? It's powerful. It's wonderful. And I am so pleased that you explained the program in such detail to people. There is one last thing I'd like you to expand on. We do have a couple of minutes. Yes. And it's the feedback you get from other club members when yes. you give a presentation. Yes, that, that is the backbone of our, of our Toastmasters learning experience. It's called the evaluation portion of the program. We get an, when you perform in your Toastmasters club by giving a speech, you get instant feedback, an instant report card, I like to call it. Someone is assigned to be your evaluator, and they will give you construct constructive feedback. They will tell you of your strengths that you exhibited through your speech, and they would tell you of your weak areas that you need to work on and improve upon. Usually, you're given an oral evaluation, and then there's a section in your project manual for your evaluator to, to make notes for you to go back home and study and so that you can refer to later when you're doing your next speech. That is a very powerful part of the program. And, uh, and beyond that, you also learn, as I mentioned earlier, with the leadership, you can go beyond the club level, Mara. You can go beyond being a club president or one of the other officers that I just mentioned. You can move on now to being what we call a district officer. Remember I explained about mm -hmm. the, the, the clubs become areas and the areas form uh, divisions and so forth. So you can go on and become an area governor. The name is going to change in the new Toastmasters year to area director. You can go on to become a lieutenant governor education and training. Uh, uh, sorry, you can go on to become a division governor. That is going to be changed to division director very soon. Uh, you can go on to be a member of what we refer to as the trio, which is the top three leaders in any district. 
I am the district governor. I am the top leader in our district, and I'm assisted directly by two lieutenant governors. One is called a Lieutenant Governor Education and Training. That title is gonna to change to Club Quality Director in the new year, July 1st. I'm also assisted by Lieutenant Governor Marketing. That's gonna to change to Club Growth Director. And so we have these opportunities to advance in leadership. And beyond the district, you can go right on up to being an officer of Toastmasters International, you can become an international director, and eventually you can become the international president of Toastmasters. So you see, and all of these learning, all of these are learning opportunities, opportunities for growth and personal development, opportunity to hone your leadership and communication skills and go on to tremendous fame and success in your personal and professional life. Tony, thank you so much for spending your time with us today and sharing all of that valuable information about how we can improve our lives, make new friends, become better leaders, become stronger communicators, and feel more confident in your everyday life. So you are welcome back anytime. And for anybody who is interested, a great deal of this information will be in the blog along with contact information for Tony. And for you out there in cyberspace, I want to thank you for listening. Remember, you can find us on facebook.com forward slash Never Say Impossible Radio. Remember to like the page when you visit. You can also find us listed as, and these are capital letters, NSI and, which is the AmpuSign, D-O-O-D Radio on Stitcher.com, iTunes, on TalkShoe.com, on TuneIn.com, and most of these are Bluetooth accessible. And, of course, my website at MyraGoldick.com, and all you have to do is hit the show archive pages and scroll through the show that you want to listen to. Until next time, never say impossible. You've been listening to Never Say Impossible, a show created to inspire, motivate, and inform the public with unique guests and content. NSI is a powerful way to connect with millions of people all over the world. Visit NSI at Myra's website, www.myragoldick.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.